Now it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. Ah, yes, it's that time of the week again. The Council Roundup, meeting last night, nearly three and a half hours long. Oh, boy. Uh, I woke up at like midnight, uh, you know, go to the bathroom. I'm an old man. Uh, and, uh, you know, quickly just look at it and download the audio. I'm like, three and a half hours? Come on. So then I rolled around for like two and a half hours thinking, ah, I got to listen to a three and a half hour meeting. Ah! Uh, anyway, so we, we, we got it all down uh, and some of the highlights. So let's get right into it. A lot to cover from last night's Springfield City Council meeting. The Council Roundup brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location is now open for lunch. Head West Subs. All right, so last night's council meeting, uh, they had zoning mixed in, so that made it a little bit longer, but they also had several presentations, including recognition of Police Chief Kenny Winslow uh, for being the Police Chief of the Year. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, But first up, nice uh, overview of the Mayor's Youth Council. Uh, And they were there last night, uh, leading in the Pledge of Allegiance, but also to outline some of the things that they've been discussing with themselves. And this is a collection of youth uh, from different high schools all across the city that the mayor brought together. uh, And they've held uh, forums and discussions and uh, are showing what uh, are some of their main concerns. So uh, here are some of the youth from last night uh, sharing their top line ideas. Um, Those topics were homelessness among our youth, uh, a COVID response in our community, community unity, um, especially since we didn't have a city basketball tournament this year, um, and social justice. So some of the other things that they uh, discussed were homelessness uh, and addressing homelessness, especially those who uh, may be veterans of the military, homeless in Springfield, and how they can help uh, and get more resources. Uh, But there was also talk about, uh, you know, not having that city tournament and the impacts of uh, not having that city tournament last year. Uh, And, uh, you know, when it comes to youth in the community interacting with youth, from the other side of the community. Um, We missed out on that this year. And um, many students, including myself, were not only extremely upset by this, but taken aback by the fact that we haven't been able to do really anything this year. There's been no football games. There's been no soccer games. There's really been nothing. So one proposal they had is to have some kind of, uh, you know, mock city tournament. And it doesn't have to be basketball. It could be like Frisbee or something. <laughs> I think one of the suggestions they had. But uh, they're proposing to have this at uh, Route 66 Drive-In. Um, this would look something like the four schools coming together, um, whether it be a basketball tournament, maybe like a volleyball tournament, Frisbee, who knows. But um all the four schools having their own corner in the drive-in, and then in the middle hosting that tournament. You know, doesn't really matter what it is as long as it brings the schools together. I think uh, a Red Rover, Red Rover tournament would be awesome. I think a dodgeball tournament also would be awesome. Uh, that that sounds like a great event, actually. Uh, so hopefully they could pull that off. Uh, but other students were there uh, to talk about uh, some of the other priorities that they focused on with their group. One of them deals with uh, COVID-19 response. But one thing that they were concerned with was just like reopening and taking precautions to make sure that even though people are getting vaccinated, we still need to wear masks and social distance because not everybody can get vaccinated. And we also don't want there to be uh we don't want the virus to come back and be worse if we don't, if we slack off before it's completely gone. So we were just concerned about keeping precautions in place, even with people getting vaccine until the virus is fully controlled. 
Another major issue that uh, these students, part of the mayor's youth council, uh, wanted to address was uh, social justice, and especially in sports. And I think this is something that definitely needs to be uh, focused on. For all you sports nuts out there, listen up. Um, One issue that was brought up was the inequality between girls and boys sports. Some comments were made like they had fewer resources and attendance for girls sports unless attention was given to them. Some solutions that were brought up were to put more resources and attention and treat girls sports as equal to boys sports and focus less on the divide between boy and girls sports. So that's just one aspect of uh, all of the different things that the Mayor's Youth Advisory Council brought forward to last night's Springfield City Council meeting. Good stuff to hear. Uh, and I think uh, you can go in more depth with uh, with that from checking out last night's raw hearing if you want. Uh, right now, though, it's the Council Roundup. We're highlighting all kinds of stuff that happened. So last night, also zoning in the mix of... Uh, Springfield City Council's three-and-a-half-hour meeting. Uh, And one issue caught my ear, and it caught my ear because I remember hearing the same debate happen, gosh, like seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. When it comes to these signs that light up and can show moving pictures, uh, and you see these signs uh, along the roadways, well, one is going to be near Portillo's, uh, and the zoning commission actually uh, filed opposition to it, saying that it should not be approved. But Alderman Ralph Hanauer said, well, let's go ahead and not take those recommendations and let's approve this as it was proposed. And uh, that's got Alderman Joe McMiniman uh, not, too, uh, not too keen on the idea. An attractive sign is always a good idea, but uh, the, both the uh, commission's uh, recommend, recommended denial. They gave a bunch of reasons for denial, but the, the most significant reason was that the proposed sign is an electronic, what they call an electronic message center type sign that puts out messages at one of the most uh, traffic busy intersections in our city, which is right up there with the highest number of accidents. Um, so that's why our professional staff denied this uh, recommendation. Then it's right there again. You see that intersection. You go through that intersection. I don't know how many times I've seen fender benders there at that intersection. So you can kind of understand McMiniman's concern there and the uh, zoning commission's concern there. Uh, but Alderman Hanauer says, listen, precedent was set elsewhere. We were even allowed these types of signs. I think that we've set precedent by allowing these signs in. And I think that we need to, uh, you know, we, we need to allow this. Um, businesses need all the help they can get, and uh, I'm, I'm asking for, for your vote. So apparently the sign uh, near Portillo's won't be uh, just for Portillo's. It'll feature all the businesses that are in that, uh, that, uh, that strip mall over there. Uh, was that Parkway Point? That's not Parkway Point. That's uh, Freedom Drive. I always forget what that is. But anyways, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to feature, you know, deals and signage about all the businesses that are in that area. Uh, but last night, some back and forth, and uh, you can kind of you know feel some tensions in the air between Alderman Hanauer and Alderman McMiniman. It's, next, it's interesting that, that you you agree with our staff, but you don't agree oh, with come the on. studies from the other, from other have, experts uh, that go on. That's I don't, a personal I don't, attack about this, inconsistency, and it's, it's a false totally attack. And we don't need that. Just make it point. Thing. I've got the floor, Joe. Shut your yeah, mouth. Yeah, but I don't like attacks like that. Thank you. Hold on. And he said shut up for the second time in the month. <laughs> oh, 
Someone well, you should. Dad. From now on, uh, I should have started the meeting, so I apologize this way. <laughs> All the uh, discussion should be directed to the chair. Woo! Uh, yeah, I got to get a little testy there. Um, hmm. Those uh, those make for some interesting moments here on the council roundup. All right, so ultimately that did pass. So you're going to see a uh, moving sign of sorts there uh, near Portillo's uh, sometime soon, I would imagine. All right, coming up next, we'll start the debate about capping the mayor's spending authority to $10,000. Right now it's at $50,000, but not ordinance that's three years old, brought back out of committee, and they, uh, they brought it up last night. So we'll get to all the debate. Stay tuned. It's on the way here with the WMAY Morning News Feed. The Council Roundup brought to you by Head West subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. In a long meeting last night, three and a half hours. Let's jump right into a pretty contentious debate about spending caps for the mayor. Now, of course, city council, they approve a budget. And that budget outlines how much the mayor can spend altogether for police, firefighters, public works, CWLP, and so on. Right, it's part of the appropriation process, but there are also caps as to the unilateral authority the mayor has in spending tax dollars. Right now, that's capped at fifty thousand dollars. So, if the mayor wants to sit, sign a contract that's worth more than fifty thousand dollars, he has to go to the city council to get their approval. Well, an ordinance was brought up three years ago that would drop that down to ten thousand dollars of a spending cap. Uh, before having to seek aldermanic approval. And uh, that was debated last night, but it was also amended a couple of different times. One uh, it would amend it to uh, exclude CWLP. So CWLP could go ahead and spend above that $50,000, or rather above the $10,000, without seeking uh, aldermanic approval. Uh, here's Mayor uh, Langfelder last night. So it's been moved and second to amend to uh, exclude CWLP with regards to changing the minimum uh, approval requirement. And second, any discussion? And they went ahead and approved that. And then Alderman Hanauer, he had another suggestion that uh, may speed things up because one of the major criticisms is if they're going to have to approve every $11,000 contract, it's going to take a lot of time of the city council to have to go through that and possibly debate it and then vote on each one of those. Uh, but uh, Alderman Hanauer has a suggestion. Yeah, Mayor, I'd, I'd like to make an amendment um, just as far as how we, we go forward that each department will, will need to um, submit one ordinance with their spending underneath it. Alderman Sean Gregory, uh, he had a suggestion uh, to amend this ordinance as well uh, to, you know, not only ex exclude CWLP, but he wants to exclude uh, money that's spent on economic development. You guys, but uh, I'm just curious about how this affects speed of, of, of you know, kicking out ordinances and things um, to go about the, the, you know, the business of the people. Um, I'm a little concerned about that, and I and I would like to say, I mean, I, I um, you know, see amendments. I would like, you know, economic development not to have to go through a bunch of hoops to to kick out money. Um, I understand why we're here. I get it. I get we 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 have some questions and stuff. But the latest thing that that uh, rustled this 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 topic up. Um, you know, we have some some letters from our legal team and our corporation that that explains it. That says it was in it was valid. So. It, it, it throws me 
you know, in a loop. You know, who do I believe? Do, do, do I trust our corporation counsel or, or, you know, our personal feelings about what he should or shouldn't be doing? Um, from my understanding, that the amount that he gave um, that was approved to the NAACP was, was from our CBDG process. So Gregory wants uh, to uh, not have that restrained uh, because, you know, those dollars help out uh, his community uh, when they're when they're used appropriately. They're used for economic development and a variety of other things. Uh, So Mayor uh, Langfelder talking a bit about how, you know, some of these dollars still to this day, there has to be approval from the city council. All those expenditures will have to come before the city council. So, um, you know, that's not going to change as far as that goes. So. Uh, those will have to be approved through our regular process that we've always had in place. So this will not have a bearing on those dollars. Because if we had to bring each one of those for $10,000 back, I mean, we'd be here every day probably. But uh, that's not the case we intend. (laughs) Honestly, if they... If they start having like five hour long council meetings, I'm I'm just going to be done with the council roundup. I'm just, I'm not going to torture myself that way. I'm just... Just a just a word of caution out there. Uh, meanwhile, we talked with uh, Alderman Roy Williams about this yesterday, and he shared again some of his concerns last night in front of the council. You know, when I look at this, I, the question <laughs> that comes to my mind is why now, you know, uh, the pandemic, violence, and these other issues that keep uh, raising his head, and uh, the problems that, that happen daily throughout the city. If, and if this is the threshold that we've been living with, and the ordinance that you came back with, you know, from 2018 and now we're dealing with it now. So the question is why now? And then who, who decided $10,000? Where, where, where does, where is it decided to drop from 50 all the way down to 10? We'll get an answer to that from Alderman Hanauer a little bit later. Uh, here is Alderman McMiniman talking about the importance of other types of spending that needs to be um, unencumbered. And, and now you want to take away that authority from our police and fire chief and public works chief and from the mayor. And it just seems like an overreaction to me. It just it seems um, unnecessary, especially given the record of this mayor. All right, coming back, we will hear from Alderman Conley. We'll hear from the mayor, uh, and we'll also get a timeline. I think the mayor did this. Uh, he did this pretty well last night, uh, showing how three years ago was a totally different financial landscape compared to now, even though we had a pandemic in the between. So, uh, some interesting numbers the mayor highlights in uh, his management of city funds thus far. So, stay tuned. We'll get all of that. Uh, including a conversation about the 10 shared principles with the NAACP and recognition of Police Chief Kenny Winslow as uh, Police Chief of the Year with the Illinois Association of Chiefs of Police. Head West Substop sponsors the Council Roundup. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their downtown location open for lunch. Let's get back into the debate from last night. They're talking about capping the, the mayor's spending at $10,000. Uh, anything over that would have to get automatic approval. Uh, and they were debating it as to why they feel it's necessary. Uh, several saying that, uh, you know, this uh, raises questions as to why now. Uh, others uh, asking questions if this has something to do with uh, the, the $50,000 the mayor gave the NAACP to help with a roofing project at one of their facilities. 
Uh, others, you know, raising other types of questions. Uh, but Alderwoman Conley last night chiming in on this and uh, says that she has her reasons for wanting more transparency and oversight of the mayor's ability to spend tax dollars. First of all, I'd like to state I, I don't consider voting for this um, ordinance to be an, a hostile act towards towards you, Mr. Mayor, or in any way, shape, or form tying the hands of your directors. Uh, this is an opportunity. This council wants to be more engaged and more involved in the policies, in the spending, and how those impact our community. And I think this is an this is a way for us to do that. Mayor Langfelder jumping back in. Majority of the council felt it was important that we look at the operations of the fire department and. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this once again. It's because uh, Alderwoman Conley said, you know, a main concern that she had was uh, what uh, passed last week, and it was a study to review the uh, city's fire department. I will tell you, to be honest, a big part of my support for this ordinance is the fact that we had a no-bid contract go out for an organization to do a top-to-bottom study of our fire department. No-bid contract. So uh, Conley also had uh, problems that uh, the fire chief was not included uh, in that, and uh, that was a decision that the the council ultimately approved and uh, allowed to move forward, and that's going to provide some kind of study of the fire department. The mayor saying, hey, listen, that was necessary. He also talked about how, uh, you know, anybody who thinks that uh, they're going to be able to uh, do uh, pre-pandemic types of government operations uh, needs to think again, because that's not going to happen. But more on the fire department issue before we get back to the debate over spending caps. What I know is we have two fire trucks sitting at Kokomo, one of our most um, underutilized facilities, when we go unprotected in other areas of the city. And that's not tolerable. And the reason for that, we didn't have the money to build a station. This year, we have it in the budget. So the mayor wanted to address that issue uh, separately from uh, the spending cap issue. But back to the spending caps. If you recall, early in the pandemic, the city council gave the mayor authority to spend tens of thousands of dollars on COVID relief without getting all their matic approval. And this was back when they weren't even going into the council chambers and everybody was calling in via Zoom or by phone. And, uh, you know, there wasn't much uh, happening in as far as, uh, you know, passing uh, a lot of ordinances. People were just really sitting back, seeing what was going on with the pandemic. Uh, But uh, the mayor remembers, he said, hey, listen, you guys gave me a $100,000 spending authority for COVID relief. I appreciate it. $100,000 was the level. If you remember, I uh, made the decision to give hotspots to the, to the poor individuals that couldn't have access with remote learning. And I was rewarded by that to uh, reducing community development block grant funds associated with the CARES Act. I believe it's $2,500. I believe that's the case. So now if they want to do $2,500 grants um, for COVID relief, you know, they have to get uh, automatic approval. Uh, so the mayor feels that he was um, criticized for some of the steps he took during the emergency. Uh, Alderwoman DeCenso says, listen, emergencies happen and there needs to be spending for such when things. When a storm went through uh, Springfield and knocked down several power lines and we got an email from Doug Brown um, saying, we're spending over a million dollars to get this fixed. Didn't come before council, um, had to be done if we wanted electricity. Right. and. We were okay with that. No one raised an eyebrow because that was an emergency. That had to be done, and that's how it works. Alderman Williams chiming in again um, with some questions about where this is all coming from. But what I'm hearing and seeing is it's about decisions. It's about the hotspots. It's about the NAACP. It's about what you think 
that the mayor has decided to do with his discretion, his authority, but I don't like it. That, that's what this is. That's why you can't say, well, who picked 10,000? Well, why are we doing it now? We're doing it now because we just gave that kind of money out, and, and then the backlash comes from it. The latest was the NAACP receiving some funds. Williams continues. When you want to do something like this, you ought to come out and say your reasons of why you want to do it and not come with all these other things that just got discussed about emergencies and all these other things that pretty much has things in place for them. We don't need to hide behind. We need to say, I didn't like the way you did it with the NAACP. I didn't like the hot spots, and I didn't like whatever it is you guys over there didn't like. That's the only way I think that that would be serving the people. But right now, all this underhanded, uh, I'm not going to answer the $10,000 question. Somebody had to decide it was $10,000. That's what's on the paper. We'll get to the answer of that uh, right now. Here's Alderman Hanauer. We put in at $10,000. There was no mention at that time of a state statute at $15,000. It was an arbitrary number that we chose back then. Keep in mind, this this was put in two years ago. Three. Three years ago. So there was concern back then. We just never pulled the trigger on it. So, again, this is a three-year-old proposal of capping the mayor's spending at $10,000, requiring automatic approval anytime he wants to spend above and beyond that. And that's outside of the budget, right? Because Alderman already approved, hey, you can only spend X million dollars for police. You can only spend X million dollars for uh, firefighters or X million dollars for uh, public works or CWLP or so on or personal services and whatnot. Uh, So Alderman already do that. But when it comes to more of the you know smaller types of spending, they want more oversight, more control over that. Uh, some calling it micromanagement. Uh, here's Alderwoman Conley. There are a lot of hoops that we have to go through, and those are important because we all know what happens when money doesn't go through the hoops. We've seen the corruption. We we we've seen. We know what happens. This is a public body, and we're talking about public dollars. Here is uh, the mayor uh, giving a bit of a history. This is somewhat lengthy, all right, but I do think it's important to hear it in its entirety uh, because he kind of walks through uh, multiple years' worth of numbers from where we were several years ago when the ordinance was first proposed to where we are now even after a global pandemic. Here's the mayor. So 2018, that's fiscal year 2019. 2019, I'm sure I probably raised taxes back then. I'm just guessing. Maybe not. Hopefully I didn't, but... It is what it is, right? <laughs> but in fiscal year uh, 19, the lowest day cash balance was a negative $842,421. I imagine that's why you brought that forward, because you want to keep closer eye when you're at a negative balance. The beginning fund balance for that year was $16,463,908. And then the average daily balance was $6,108,540. So that was the ringing of the bell, which probably made sense back then. Fast forward to today, and I think that's where some council members are wondering why. Lowest day cash balance of uh, this year is $8,494,410 during a pandemic. The beginning fund balance for this fiscal year of 21 was $28,120,142. And the average daily cash balance for fiscal year 21 is $16,570,161, the highest 
in 20 years, hmm. the highest in 20 years. So Langfelder making the case that, uh, listen, he's been able to manage the finances just fine compared to three years ago, uh, even with a pandemic. Uh, and he also uh, addressed some of what Alderwoman Conley said uh, about corruption uh, and uh, saying that if there's any corruption anywhere, it needs to be rooted out. And if you have any inkling of corruption or anything, I come from the bank. I understand compliance. You better report it to the inspector general, which we put in place. We put that process in place. Moving on, um, you've got uh, NAACP, uh, Illinois Conference uh, President Teresa Haley at last night's meeting uh, addressing the council because the NAACP's name was brought up several times uh, during debate about this ordinance. If you can't say anything positive about the NAACP, please keep our name out of your mouth. Three years ago, and it seems like I'm still receiving backlash, when the NAACP stood up to city council against the homeless shelter. Every since then, it seems like every time we come before the city council, you all knock us back down, but we're still standing because we are doing the work of civil rights and the work of this community. Haley continues to talk about uh, the NAACP and its work it's doing in the community. Don't look at the color of our skin because the NAACP is not about black folks. It's about all folks. It's about Springfield. It's about this country. It's about George Floyd. It's about everything that we say that we stand up for. So uh, ultimately, uh, after round and round and round of debate on this issue uh, and multiple ordinance amendments uh, that either were approved or failed, uh, they went ahead and voted for this thing. Uh, so what ultimately this does is it drops the cap from fifty to $10,000, but it excludes CWLP and requires departments to consolidate their requests uh, as, as best they can. It does not include excluding police, as Alderman McMiniman suggested, nor does it exclude uh, the, the development uh, funds that the, the mayor has spending authority over. Uh, so uh, if there's going to be anything uh, from police, fire, uh, Convention Visitors Bureau, uh, community development, uh, anything over $10,000 uh, after last night's vote, that's going to have to get mayor uh, automatic approval. And the ordinance passes as amended, six voting yes, four voting no. Is that enough to sustain a veto? Who knows? Who knows what happens here? So we'll keep an eye on that uh, here with the WMAY morning news feed. A lot more to get to from last night. The shared principles. We talked about that with uh, Teresa Haley in, in the uh, 6 o'clock hour. If you missed that conversation, you should be able to get that at the WMAY podcast site. Uh, and those shared principles uh, are especially important now after uh, we see uh, the the accountability of uh, uh, the George Floyd uh, murder uh, with Derek Chauvin being convicted on three counts. Uh, so here is the NAACP talking about those shared principles. We did not want the same thing to happen in Springfield that happened in Ferguson, Missouri, that or that happened in 1908. So they put together these principles and it's supported all over the place. It's been adopted by our National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, um, our national office. It's been adopted by Noble National Organization for Blacks and Law Enforcement at the Illinois Chiefs of Police, the International Chiefs of Police, and other folks have gotten involved. And even the Illinois State Police has adopted these 10 principles. So they're always reviewing them, uh, she says. Uh, the black community's reviewing them. Uh, police community's reviewing them. And they're, and they're always looking to see how they can best implement those 10 shared principles, which range on a variety of things, including when to use force and officer 
Police Chief Winslow uh, talks a bit about that last night. My officers are very restrained in their use of force, but there are times we have to use it, and it's ugly. It's ugly, and just because it's ugly doesn't mean it's unjustified. But then again, when we mess up, like we saw in Minnesota, we got to be held accountable. I mess up every day. My officers mess up. But we have to fess up, we have to learn, and we have to move on. Some things are legal and justified, but maybe there's a better way of doing them. And that's when we have to retrain and embrace best practice so we can strive to do better. So a little bit of background on these 10 shared principles uh, from the NAACP. Uh, they were brought up last year uh, after uh, the, the, the murder of George, George Floyd. Uh, they were brought up at the Springfield City Council, but they were blocked from advancing because there was another proposal uh, from Black Lives Matter that uh, City Alderman wanted to advance instead. Uh, so they kept these 10 shared principles at bay until last night when they brought them up. Alderman Sean Gregory talking a bit last night about that. Um, Teresa, I just, you know, as, as, as uh, you know, part of a council member that did vote to hold this last year, I just wanted to explain that I did bring this back because I do think it is important. I thought it was important then, um, and we were just really trying to work on something uh, in the hotbed of that time frame. So it had nothing to do with the NAACP or things. I think we... You know, we wasn't listening. We have we we've talked since then, so that's why I wanted to bring that uh, bring this back because I do think it is important in, in another layer. So thank you. So that again last night it passed Springfield City Council. So the ten principles, ten shared principles. If you're not familiar with those, I would encourage you to go and check those out. Very important stuff, especially in the aftermath of what we see happening with police involved shootings uh, across the country. Uh, also last night, Alderman approved an ordinance that allows for police to seize a vehicle and impound it if the vehicle is used in a, uh, a looting police case. Uh, so if somebody doesn't stop uh, and then tries to flee, uh, then police can get that license plate. And if they find that car later, they can actually pick that up. Uh, but there were a couple of other suggestions there. Alderman Proctor, he suggested uh, including not just, you know, people who may uh, flee and elude police, but also, uh, you know, in the city ordinance, it's people who uh, get caught with illegal marijuana or, you know, for instance, uh, taking part in prostitution. You can have your car seized. Uh, but Alderman uh, Proctor, he suggested having fly dumpers also have their cars seized uh and he's like i don't want to amend it right now because i'm not sure how how much support there would be and somebody goes second third fourth so i think there's gonna be enough support for that but they're gonna bring that back just to make sure they get the uh the language clear uh but they did approve that ordinance last night to allow for police to seize a vehicle if it's used in a uh eluding a police instance uh but also last night uh police chief kenny winslow recognized as was stated uh, springfield police chief kenny winslow is the 2021 chief of the year named by the Illinois Association of Chief of Police out of 1,200 members statewide. That's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, and uh, continuing with that recognition last night, here's the mayor uh, discussing why it's important. But uh, this sums it up. It says Winslow is viewed by his peers as a model of what a 21st century police chief should be said the Illinois Association Chief of Police Executive Director Ed Wojcicki. So, Here is uh, Police Chief Winslow. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's the men and women who do the heavy lift of this department. It's the people on the streets every day that uh, 
the job's harder now than it's ever been and it's really them and I have a great staff around me that helps bring our vision to fruition and it's not always been easy but uh, it's a great honor and uh, I'm, I'm happy but really the, the credit goes to the men and women of the police department so thank you sir. Well, thank you. All right, there is your council roundup. A three and a half hour meeting last night, encapsulated here live with the WMAY morning news feed. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west.